episode 325 of Global from Asia 325. Talking about Africa, sitting here in Asia, truly global. Global from Asia, global from anywhere. Global, let's go. <laughs> Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everybody, for again choosing to download Global from Asia. Hope you can find it on iTunes and, uh, Actually, you know, we're all over the place. We're, our team's putting on YouTube now, and uh, we're getting out. My amazing wife, Wendy, is helping us get it to WeChat, and we're trying to get as many places as possible. I'm recording this just after an amazing GFA VIP call. I think it was one of our best ever, about you know, 30 great people, really amazing people. And thank you, Rollins, for sharing. We talked about Amazon hacks, and it was just, it was really amazing, actually. Um, and we're trying some new technology there's all these new events software, online event software. So we're trying to make it more interactive. So um, if you're interested in that, it is pretty cool. All right. So for this week's show, what's going on is Africa. You know, I Marek, he's uh, an amazing entrepreneur, very, very uh, well experienced and has gone through uh, various startups in, from Poland and it got to Africa, wrote a book about it. It's uh, it's really a uh, chasing black unicorns. It's an amazing book. I actually went through a whole book, and then I uh, was happy to connect with him, and and uh, we got him on this show. So, it's um, it's a journey show. You know, he talks about his experiences, you know, and following following his dreams, following his passion. You know, and I hope more people out there can do that. You know, maybe also this whole COVID craziness and this whole world we're in. You know, we should just realize life is short we got to make the most of it and he definitely does so this is a this is a cool one. we put it under the lifestyle category and the cultures we talk about you know his experiences doing business in africa and internationally and how really important it is to do so without further ado let's dive into the show gfavip.com is our premium paid membership application only where you can get on our regular online events online meetings of course we have courses and when we do have offline events you'll get privileged access or maybe only member access plus it supports the show gfavip.com so thank you everybody for tuning in to our global from asia podcast we are venturing into africa i had the pleasure to to read uh, a book i'm always interested in these stories Chasing Black Unicorns, and it's an amazing story. I highlight, we'll talk about that in the interview. We have with us Marek Zimlowski, Polish-born entrepreneur and executive focused on online business and renewable energy, passionate about frontier and emerging markets. So thank you for joining us today and coming on the show. Thanks for the invitation. Great to be here. Hi, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I uh, feel like we were saying before the recording, I felt might as well go here, you know, Asia and Africa, you know, I do feel like there is um, there is some similarities, right? I mean, it's emerging markets and a lot of opportunities and people like us crazy enough to try to venture into these markets. Oh, yeah. I mean, besides having many differences, 
um, there are many similarities between the regions for sure the the potential and the speed of growth i guess asia beats africa in terms of speed of growth but i think the speed of growth of both regions are extremely extremely fast um for us i'm coming from economies which are a little bit older a little bit more boring in a way you, you enter this region where there's a lot of chaos and a lot of movement not everything is always extremely well organized especially in africa yeah that's very exciting and and addictive in a way <laughs> and also when you land in kenya or when you land in nigeria or sometimes angola you actually feel like you're in china or <laughs> sometimes you feel like you've landed in, uh, in in another asian country because of how many uh, asian people you can just find on the streets and in the companies in the shops um, really in any main mm, big african city I think just because I, I know the best statistics about China, I think you have around 20 million Chinese people already living in Africa. It, it, it's, it's, it's a huge number. I have met um, some friends of, and Chinese friends that have gone there for work uh, for their companies and stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. Well, well we're diving. Yeah. Di we we kind of jumped right in, man. <laughs> so it's yeah. great. But, uh, you know, do you want to give us a, Obviously, there's a long and a short background for you with, with what you've done, but Polish-born entrepreneur, and you know, I, I at least I get it from the book. You know, entrepreneur, startup. Uh, you want to give us a little bit of you know your your early days? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Polish-born and raised. Mm, spent my teenage years in Poland, and then opened my first, you know, real business back in Poland. And my life can be really divided into three parts because I, I launched one of the first financial brokerage companies in Poland. And that was like the early 2000s before the Lehman Brothers. It was like in the middle of the biggest boom in Poland. So I joined the company as employee number five. Then there was like 5,000 of us. It was almost like Wolf of Wall Street. Just, yeah, you know, without sex on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. Without, without the legal stuff. Because no one got to jail or there was no problem with the police. And then I kind of fell in love with Obviously, I lost my money, became too crazy, almost went bankrupt after Lehman, ended up being a bartender. And then my second yeah. stage of my life started when I fell in love with startups because I just, you know, saw there's a big opportunity, a lot of investment money coming in. The companies were growing like crazy. That was amazing for me. And then I spent a couple of years trying to build some online companies in Poland um, with some smaller, bigger successes. A couple of them went down, but I was able to sell another one. And then my first stage, most exciting, I guess, for me at least, of my life was when I moved to Nigeria in 2013, working for a big, big European uh, investment fund focused on online businesses. Yep. And we started in Nigeria a big e-commerce group that ended up on New York Stock Exchange last year. Yeah. And that was like a five years adventure of just basically building the so-called Amazon of Africa, because obviously we wanted to be as cool as Amazon it's <laughs> in crazy. Nigeria. but. Yeah. It's a totally different story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, let's just break it up a little bit, but, but um, I think step. Yeah, I remember you were talking about. I think it was funeral services in the book. You talk about in in Poland, you were, you were kind of making a website for for funerals or for uh, at least one yeah. of your ventures. That was that was a cool story, and the, and then the <laughs> the mafia was getting into it or something or in it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, that was basically it. But yeah, I mean, you're even kind of relating like, 
you know, Poland, I have, like I said before recording, I, I, I went to Polish Catholic high school in the U.S. and I have some really good Polish friends, but it is a little bit, a little bit rougher. You know, it's not West. Is, is it central Western? Is it West? I guess it's Western Europe, but is it's, it? It's considered East. So, you know, we are either called the, the, the Germans of the East or the Russians of the West. <laughs> you see, that, uh, got that's it. that's that's how Poland is always described being in, in between those two countries. It was definitely an early stage market, an emerging market, yeah, but clearly way more advanced than Nigeria. But exactly, there was a lot of corruption back in the day. There was also a lot of chaos and so on. So, not too much trust in the market. Definitely, my experiences in in, in Poland then prepared me well for uh, for Nigeria. Sure. And yeah, you mentioned the funeral business. I always had this crazy approach to business that I really like to build businesses in at the very early stage where no one else wants to do it because I don't like competition. <laughs> so when you don't like competition, you have to go to markets where everyone else is afraid of. <laughs> so <laughs> I figured I chose funeral business as an online business in Poland because those were the times, the days where everyone wanted to build another Facebook. Everyone wanted to build another MySpace or Twitter and so on. And all the cool, young, smart kids were trying to, to do the social media thing. And I figured if all of these brightest bra bra um, minds are, are trying to you know, run, open a business in social media or fintech, none of them will want to open a business in funeral, <laughs> funeral <laughs> yeah. sector because it's just not sexy at all. Yeah, yeah. But, I... the, but the technology disruption was happening there as well. People needed to use more software when they were running those those funeral houses. Yeah, and yeah. people were looking for those services online as well. So it was a niche which I found very interesting, but also sure. very tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we can go so much. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I mean, your book is is great and it's a, it's a big book. So, I mean, people welcome to, to read for the full story. I think we could focus in Africa. I mean, we could also mm -hmm. have one about Poland. There's so much to talk about um but yeah you were a little you didn't mention the names but you meant i mean i think listeners should know rocket internet i i, I even encountered rocket internet over here in asia I, I could share a little bit but um i i remember they were going crazy in hong kong uh when they bought group no groupon bought them uh bought the yeah yeah groupon bought our uh, yes so rocket internet were pretty strong in in uh, indonesia philippines um Hong well, Kong, they, as you mentioned, Singapore. Lazada, I think they started Lazada. Lazada yeah. And Lazada they also, was bought by Alibaba. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. So, but I was in Hong Kong and Ch China uh, bouncing back and forth. And uh, I almost worked for, I was maybe we could have been one of the five or 10 first employees of uh, Groupon Hong Kong. Oh, nice. Um, That's very nice. I yeah, didn't so do it, but internet. they were going crazy fast. They were just hiring, every, felt like they were hiring everybody like, uh, yeah, it was insane. You want to grow faster than anyone else, yeah. That was the the investment thesis, really. You, because Rocket Internet is really like top three in terms of e-commerce groups worldwide after Alibaba and Amazon. They just are not that known because they have many, many brands in many countries. And uh, that investment thesis was very simple. Enter the market as early as possible, grow as yeah. fast as possible, buy competition, destroy the competition, just do whatever it takes to be number one. Because the assumption is that once you're number one, it's easier to remain number one in a specific business model. Yeah. And then you, once you remain the number one position and the market itself grows because the clients just start buying everything online, just because, 
then you're going to grow together with the market. That was always the Makes sense. strategy. And it Although worked very well. They had trouble in China for sure. But I guess everybody has trouble in China. But uh, oh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was China watching it a, my own eyes. That's a whole other <laughs> yeah. topic, but yeah, I mean, China is obviously different for every everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, that was a great opportunity. So in the book, you, you I think we should talk about the discussion because a lot of listeners here, we're 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 uh, a lot of listeners are sellers, you know, e- e-commerce sellers buying from China or Asia, selling in, in the West, Amazon or e-commerce, or you know, doing import export is kind of our our niche here, but you know, everybody does business. So I remember in the book, you had this, this difficult discussion where you took the opportunity to, to go to Africa and join this early stage with Rocket to start this new venture. Um, you had to obviously have a really hard talk with one of your business partners or investors. Do you want to sh- share about that? I think that would be really insightful. Are you talking about the Interpol problems? Uh, before Interpol, this is your Poland. I forget which venture you were doing in Poland at the, the time, but you decided to the interview. Yeah. Uh, well, you had accepted the offer at Rocket, but then you went back to your partners in your current. Ah, venture, okay, I get you. Yeah, and you yeah. Had yeah. to tell them you were going to Africa and leaving. I know what you mean. Okay, so yes, my business partner. It he he was my angel investor. Then we became partners in in my funeral online online funeral business in Poland. He was a great guy. By the way, he spent many years in Japan. Oh. And then he came back to Poland. And we had this, you know, pretty interesting business, having opportunity to grow from Poland to Czech Republic, maybe Romania, so going to other Eastern European countries. But I at that stage I was already hungry of some global adventure, like big scale, rocket internet, going to Africa, just doing something crazy. Yeah. And and I I got this job offer to join them and I did all that without even telling him a thing, and I had then I had this dinner. During this dinner, we're talking about the expansion of our own startup, yeah. and then after the main course, before the the dessert, I'm saying, what about I just what about you just buy my shares and you do with everything on your own and I just move to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just remember the look on his face, and. Um, Obviously, he was upset and everything, but he said, he told me something, which even till today, we're great friends because of how he reacted. Then he said, I mean, if I were you, I would totally do it. Uh, Because he knew that the adventure I was about to embark on was pretty similar to his adventure when he was moving to Japan in the 90s. Okay. Um, So he's like, you're going to, you're going to grow as a person on so many levels. You don't even, you can't even imagine. Uh, You don't even know. And, and, and. I didn't know back then. And then I realized after a couple of years what he meant. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, same here. I mean, living abroad just changes your whole perspective of yeah, like world life, business. Yeah, totally. everything, absolutely everything. And I yeah. spent all my life in Poland uh, until I was twenty-three. Sorry, twenty twenty-six. Okay. And uh, Poland is a very homogeneous, homogeneous country. Homogeneous. There's like everyone is white and Catholic. You know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I have those for it, Polish friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, they I mean. bring it to the U.S. It's like they got the Polish community, and it's like the. Uh, 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 yeah, I know the, the Catholic. Same. Yeah, the Catholic, and then there's a basement with the sausage, or it's not sausage. <laughs> but, um, yes. And the sausages, correct. Yeah. yeah. And the vodka. Oh, man. The drinking. Yeah, okay. 
I see you've tasted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too many, too many times in my previous life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so let's yeah, now let's go into Africa. So yeah, you uh, you took this opportunity to, to join Rocket and start. Uh, I, I'm forgetting the names. Jumia is the, but it Jumia, was actually. Yeah. There was actually is that the same there was the travel and then there was e-commerce and i remember and so we yeah yeah we launched uh, seven business models in total at once there was this online travel i was responsible for online travel then we launched e-commerce we launched marketplace we also launched classifieds for real estate and cars we've launched even ride hailing and we've launched food delivery uh ride hailing we had to kill very fast because the market was not ready or we were not good enough and after two years, we decided to kind of merge them all under one brand and then thinking about doing this one super app. Um, and then we were growing like as, as Jumia for the next Got years it. to come. Yep. So it's, let's just let's just call it Jumia then for this. So you, you go to Africa and I, I haven't been to Africa, honestly. I've been in China. Well, Asia, there's mostly China, but Asia for 13 years. I haven't been to Africa yet. Uh, it's on my list, but I, I don't even know. I mean, I always think about getting, you know, like all these vaccinations and shots. I think you mentioned it in, in, in your book as well. But, you know, what was what was this, you know, what's this going through your first time to leave Poland? You're preparing to fly to Africa. I think it was pretty short notice. You know, what what was the, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, then getting there and then adjusting, you know, how was all that? Everything now looks like it all made sense from hindsight, but it didn't back then. I just knew I want to embark on this international adventure with Rocket Internet, and I would go anywhere they would send me. And the funny thing was that I actually was thinking I'm going to go to Egypt <laughs> for a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, and, and then they just told me, no, no, we're launching Nigeria first. Um, and the only thing I knew about Nigeria back then really was what Google told me, which was Boko Haram and some Nigerian prince scammers, yeah? Yeah, exactly, right? The emails. That's all I knew. Yeah. But I didn't really care because I had nothing to lose. I was so excited about finally joining this. You know, working for Rocket Internet for an online entrepreneur from Poland is like is like driving for Formula One for Ferrari. You know? Awesome. Because you want to work with them for these two years and you're going to learn so much. So I was so excited. And I'm like, okay, Nigeria, the harder, the better. I don't care. And uh, and then, to be honest, I was actually lucky that my personality and my background from Poland would really prepared me well to Nigeria. But that was a huge coincidence because after six months in Nigeria, most of my friends were already gone. <laughs> the, the churn was so big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because Nigeria is just so different on so many levels, um, culture-wise than Poland. Uh, infrastructure is a big issue. People are shouting. They're all very expressive. When they love mm-hmm. you, they will tell you. When they hate you, they will tell you. It's also like the contradiction, I think, of a of an Asian stereotype, if I can call it like this. Yeah, when yeah. When, when Asian people are considered very polite, this is the total opposite in, in in Western Africa, for example. I mean, they're very laughable and they smile at you and everything. But everything when something goes wrong, they're gonna just go crazy after uh, against you. There's a big African and, communities in different parts of China. I've experienced that so you did yeah then there's thing of you know just timing <laughs> there's this joke that we have the watches they have the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> having a problem everything is just done in such a different way and this is a risky thing because if you're used to certain things being done in a different way you can get easily frustrated 
And there, there's, there's this joke that I want to tell you that kind of Im- it gives you an image of what I'm trying to say. The, the joke goes this, what's the difference between a tourist and a racist in Nigeria? And, and the answer is a week. which which basically means if you don't allow yourself to change your attitude if you don't open your mind and if you don't understand that certain things are just done differently it doesn't mean they're better it doesn't mean they're worse they're just different if you don't change your mindset you will end up being a racist because everything will frustrate you to a point that you will really really hate it and this is very i think relevant in in life but this is also very relevant in business that's true yeah it makes me think of china like when i first came to china i was thinking like a lot of westerners i you know why are they doing things not so efficiently i can kind of standardize this i can make you know make it better the way things are done because i was trying to buy from factories before inefficiently when i was in the u.s for my business and Similar, similar, similar. Uh, you know, we go there and we think we can change China, or you know, they will adjust to the way I think is better to do something, right? Yeah. And then usually, most foreigners, especially <laughs> Americans, go nuts because you just you look at this trade war. You know, we think you know Donald Trump thinks he can change China. You know, like he just it's just not possible. So if you don't. I think somebody said to me, you have three, three things can happen to me. I'm going to leave. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to uh, uh, have a breakdown or I'm going to deal with it. I think something like that. Yeah. Like a friend. I well, here. Number three, I hope. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'm still here. Man. I, I, I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I learned to deal with it, which is somewhat almost bad, though, in a way, because you kind of i think there's tia there's tic you do you know what i'm talking about this is africa yeah, this, yeah, is china. Yeah, this is china <laughs> then you get that it's almost a little bit you almost go the opposite because now you become so local you know see I, yeah it's a little bit balanced you still want at least me i still try to be a foreign foreigner you know to localize a little bit too much but um so so this you know Let's, uh, I think you've kind of been talk, talking about these points I have on my list here, but, you know, relationship building, you know, you, you, you were kind of sourcing all these hotels and, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, and you, you know, it seems like you're a make it happen kind of person, you, you know, there's a huge amount of pressure. There was culture differences, you know, KPIs, how maybe just focus on relationship building and maybe dealing with these different environments and cultures. You know, I think you were in the attic of some of the rocket internet and you had like one room and a desk and like two people or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. We started very small. We had, we just rented this huge villa and then each of the companies just took a small place because I was late there. I think I arrived last. They gave me this, this tallest uh, floor and there was no AC and there was a rat in my room, but I didn't <laughs> It was just so much fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was super important because, you know, I was responsible for launching this essentially booking.com version of Africa to book hotels online. And obviously the technology part, the product part is important to have a website that works. But if you don't get deals with the hotels, you'll never be able to book, to offer any bookings. And, yeah, yeah. And there was like, 10,000 hotels in Nigeria uh, and 
maybe 500 of them knew the concept of an online travel agency like like booking.com uh, back then uh, so i actually had to like explain them how a deal works and why why they should pay me you know 10 or 15 percent for giving them a client from the internet and what is this thing called internet um and and uh, how 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 why they should give me the the lowest available rate on the internet and so on and that was extremely tough for me and i remember just first couple of weeks all i did was just going to all those meetings and just listening to those guys sometimes talking bullshit but i was just trying to understand where they're coming from um it was hard for me to explain them why it makes sense for them to pay me 15 percent and not two percent of the commission because if you're running a hotel and you don't know your real cost of customer acquisition you don't know how much you can pay uh so some hotels wanted to pay only two percent some some of the hotels wanted to pay 50 percent because they thought they're just going to mark up the price which also doesn't make sense anymore so um a lot of a lot of education and then in the end when it comes to relationships which kind of bring, leads me to my second adventure in africa after jumia yeah. with the interpol is uh, you know you, yeah. when you choose your partners wrongly then you can just end up in a very 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 big big trouble i ended up being afraid to to run a business on my own because everyone told me you have to have a strong local partner in term in case something goes wrong in case of some bad people go after you <laughs> what no one told you is sometimes the people you're in, you're with can turn yeah. out to be bad. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So and, in, in uh, the... essentially, um, what happened is uh, I it started like a normal business conflict in the company because we launched a software company, and and at some point, I think they just decided that they don't need this white guy anymore. They can continue to run this company on their own. I already did my job. I entered, you know launched the business got some clients got some first funding and they figured they can do it without me and they just tried to kick me out of the company uh, thinking that if they kick me out of the country they can do it on their own but they didn't know that you know with software i can try to block myself or protect myself from from the from other country and uh, after they kicked me out of nigeria because my visa got deleted and i had to leave and i was able to fight take my company back because it's a software company like i said i can control it uh, from wherever i am that's when they decided to blackmail me you're either going to give us the company for nothing or we're going to bribe the nigerian police and we will bring you back to nigeria and this time you will go to jail <laughs> yeah, yeah which then which what started my huge big adventure on the negative side which also is in the book because in the end i I had to take Nigerian police to court as the first first foreigner in the history of Nigeria, <laughs> and I won. So police owed me money. So that yeah, was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just to 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 yeah summarize. So yeah, actually, also the crazy thing, which actually happens in China too, and I think other foreign countries, is just to be clear, it was foreign partners. It wasn't even local. Afro, at least from what I recall in my reading, it was for foreign partners that did yeah, this. That, that yeah, that's the thing. It was a. It was a, an, an Indian and Ethiopian guy. Those were my two business partners. And uh, the Ethiopian had, even had the American passport. And, and that was the irony of the whole situation because I was afraid to, to do a business with a Nigerian because of the bad PR of Nigeria, you know, the scammers yeah, and everything. Yeah. And in the end, I was, I was the, the, the American guy and the Indian guy tried to screw me. And then Nigerians helped me. Yeah? So that was, uh, that was the, the big lesson. It's true. I mean, a lot, it seems similar in China, although there are 
I don't know about Nigeria, but in China, there's definitely a lot of ones with local partners uh, taking advantage of a similar situation where they think they don't need you anymore. You maybe delivered the initial value. They think you're not adding value, so they, they tr- try to find a way to uh, to get rid of you. Um, but yeah, what a lot of people don't realize is, like you said, it's foreign foreigners or other expats that you you meet in the bar, you meet in the you know social life, you get a relationship, you can connect with more as a on a culture basis. That uh, they think that they I don't know I think a lot of times ex foreigners outside their country think they can get away with this stuff because they're not in their home country and they can kind of cheat and steal. I, I've also yeah, known but it's not that easy. People. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting concept because you know now we're really becoming, we we have become a global village with the internet and, and the technology and 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 everyone speaking English or 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 Canton or or Mandarin, right? Mandarin, yeah, Cantonese, Mandarin. But yeah. uh, but then we still have to work around those nation borders, those legal structures within those countries, which kind of are not up to date with where the world is now. Which is like, for example, what was the problem with my case? Yeah, I'm this Polish guy doing business in Nigeria, and there was Interpol involved at some point in my case because my business partner bribed the Nigerian police. All you have to do is to take, go to bribe one, like very average Nigerian policeman. You just give him some money. He will sign a paper, and then with that paper, you can you can have me arrested anywhere in the world as long as uh, there's a country which is a part of Interpol. Because you bribed some some average policeman somewhere in Nigeria. Is, is there a SAS app for that? Sorry, <laughs> I'm making a joke. Is, is, is there an is, app for that? <laughs> <laughs> arrest, for arrest, arrest your Uber friend. Dot, arrest your friend. Dot com. I'm gonna buy this domain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a bad. April Fool's joke. You know, you just get somebody, your friend, arrested at the airport, and then it's like. April Fools, <laughs> like takes the handcuffs off, man. That would be a good one. Yeah, that would be a good one. Actually, in in Poland, uh, I heard that in lockdown, uh, when you were tired of sitting in the house with your family, you would hire someone to come to pretend they're from police to take you because you know you thought they thought you you have corona or, or an oh, just to get you out of home. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So. So this is a this is also a good lesson, right? That people think, oh, I, I can trust a uh, you know another foreigner, another expat, um, it's safe. But uh, you got to protect yourself no matter what. And yeah, I mean, I remember you had said you were traveling to see your girlfriend, and then you went back to Poland, but there was a flight change, and yeah, you were basically trying to leave Poland, and then you got. I believe it was you were at least traveling yeah. in Europe, and then you, yeah, you get that. The the I, I've had these actually, not not at that level, but I've had those where the uh, immigration agents looking at you and looking at the screen and looking at you, and then and then somebody comes to talk to you. Like that is yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, that is the scariest feeling. Even yeah. today, every time I'm 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 at the airport. Obviously, not as often because of Corona, but everything, you know, just ended up. The, the whole case finished last year. Everything ended up positively. I was able to, you know, defend myself, prove my innocence, and, and, and so on. But 
even though every time I would travel through the airport, I would have to give my passport to anyone in a uniform. Your adrenaline level just goes up. It already stays in your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. I, I have similar, you know, you know, I, oh, haven't, I haven't been arrested in an airport, but uh, there's been but some there was issues. A problem, yeah? There's been issues yeah, yeah. with visas and stuff. It's just scary. Yeah, I know. So it's just because that's where they check you, you know, that's where the, you know, they, they put the ID in the database. We've had other guests on the show that couldn't leave China because there was a lawsuit against them. And he didn't even know that there was a lawsuit against them because he didn't get a phone call. And okay. uh, they, uh, they didn't arrest him, but they, they wouldn't let him leave. So he's, he's actually stuck in China. He's an Australian entrepreneur. Oh, wow. Uh, he, he got he's still sued stuck. He, until he pays off his debt. Which, oh, actually, wow. yeah, and I could say the show is interesting. He's John Graham. He's a, he uh, sold his gym, basically. But, but uh, basically, a lot of times you find out you're in trouble at borders. Borders are always, and immigration is where you find out if there's a problem on your, you know, while you're yeah. in that country or any other country. That's, the that's where yeah. these things are, uh, this, these things are run and uh, checked. So... So let's, uh, you know, I, this could be much longer, but, you know, I, we're both busy and I think people could read your, your book for the, the ins and outs of this. Um, but I do want to talk about yeah. Africa, you know, you were there earlier, you know, now we're in 2020. I mean, still probably early. I mean, what, what do you think of the Af Africa when you started Africa now and maybe the Africa future? Africa you know, I'm very, so, very you know am I being general by saying Africa? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I it's a massive continent, you know, like it's probably a different market. It's 54 countries and, and obviously hundreds of languages and, and, and thousands of ethnic groups and so on. But you have to somehow generalize, especially when you're talking about the potential. Yeah? Um, it's still very early. Uh, you have more than a billion of people, but their purchasing power is super small. Uh, it will only get better if the economy gets better and if the governments get better. But if someone enters early enough and then can grow together with the market, like I told you, because the winner takes it all many times, yeah. everyone is trying to raise enough money and be in Africa early enough and then have enough money to survive until it gets mm. really, really good. That's how I see it. Uh, because still, Africa is nowhere near India or, or China. Uh, again, I'm comparing continent to countries because China and India are just so big. Yeah. True, um, true. But in Africa is nowhere near in terms of purchasing power. Yeah, you you have a billion of people, but maybe maybe five percent of them make more than a thousand dollars per month, and so on. So it, it, there's still a long way to go, and the disproportion between the rich and the poor, and so on, the infrastructure challenges. So it's extremely extremely early still. I mean, in commerce, my my focus is on e-commerce in Africa, not because it's so much money to make it there right now. I'm just there in for the long for the long game, and I can wait because I have also other things to do. Uh, but right now, um, what is extremely booming in Africa is definitely uh, farming and food, because Africa just imports way too much food, and uh, the soil is way too good to to import it. So if anyone is doing anything with food production or any technology or even just production itself. That's where that revolution is happening. Okay. And then definitely fintech, because fintech, uh, so insurance, loans, and simple money transfers. This is the type of product everyone needs. doesn't matter if you have $1 a day or you have $1 million a month. At some point, you will get an insurance. You will send someone money. You will borrow some money. And uh, with fintech, you can reach everyone having a phone without having to build the structure and operations and local offices. 
So now the big scramble is happening in terms of uh, in terms of fintech. Uh, this is this is where the big big change will happen in the next two to four years. Everything else needs to wait. That's how I see it. Okay. Uh, also, uh, one of my top blog posts is how to get a U.S. bank account as a non-American, and I have tons of Nigerians messaging us every day. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so if you have a solution for them, I don't know, I, I, a random one, but uh, looking to help them. <laughs> Everyone wants to have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is good. So that you kind of hit the next question with the opportunities in the markets. Um, you know, I think it's just always general advice, but, you know, I think getting towards the end of our, you know, our, our chat here has yeah. been great. You know, what's some ad- advice people, you know, it's kind of general, but say some talking to your younger self and there's opportunity to go, obviously it seems like, yes, go, you know, what, what are some things you should you tell your younger self if you were going to do it again or tell somebody listening to getting into this? Uh- this is going to sound very cheesy because I really think that all the knowledge, all the good advice are out there. Uh, people just don't stick to them. The best advice are the ones that you stick to. That's all I will say. <laughs> just like with diet, the best diet is the one you can stick to. Um, I personally, I think the mistake I've done is I went to business too fast because I dropped out of university. I wanted to be like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. It didn't work. Um, then you realize that they were actually exception of the rule if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. The, the the highest probability is for you to first work for someone, finish go to university, and then go to business after you're 30, because then you already so well experience, and most of the mistakes you have done, someone else have paid for that has paid for for them. I would definitely study a little bit longer at a good university, not because the quality of the knowledge is so good, but because I'm going to meet some great friends, and oh, just by chance, just by chance, some of them will become very successful, and then maybe it's good to know them from their early days um interesting that's how i see it yeah i I guess um, i went to entrepreneurship too fast and i believe that if you have what it takes you're still gonna make it and sometimes starting later will allow you to finish faster just because the roof the road will be without so many mistakes okay that's really good uh yeah i think it's a little unique you know i think I think a lot of people nowadays say skip school or, you know, you know, jump, you know, you don't need college and stuff like that. So, so that's really insightful. Thanks for that. And, and of course the book, we, we keep mentioning it, but it's called chasing black unicorns and it yeah. does, you have that domain. So that you can type that one in or I, I, I got it on Amazon or you have all the different book, book formats, but it's uh, the title, the full title, which is, we mentioned Interpol. Chasing Black Unicorns, How Building the Amazon of Africa Put Me on Interpol's Most Wanted List. So Correct. And uh, the website is also chasingblackunicorns.com. You can find all the information about the book, about myself, and also about the foundation because I think we didn't mention this. All the yeah, revenue my, from the uh, book uh, my, uh, goes to yeah. charity. Yeah, yeah, Maya. So he's, yeah, you're putting all the in- income of the sales into the uh, impactful charity initiatives such as Maya Foundation, which is awesome, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I think, I think then that's it, but definitely I think people should check it out. It's, it's, uh, it's a big book and it, I went through the whole thing and, uh, well, I, I remember I saw it, I'm like Africa and I'm in Asia, but I always like these <laughs> stories. I always like these, you know, I think there is big relationships between the two, especially for like, a you know, a foreigner, a Westerner, you know, trying to dive in and 
and the experiences you go through and the changes, you know, I think the biggest one, I, I, I highly recommend people to, to leave your home country or at least your hometown, you know, go to another city outside of you from your hometown friends. And I think just anything to break the mold you're in, you're born into, you know, you, I I think it's the best way to, to see the world. And of course, we're in Corona phase right now. Hopefully it'll be ending sometime soon. But, uh, you know, I think that's that's the best way to, to, to really learn about yeah. yourself. So Correct. Thanks so much for the invitation, man. I really enjoyed the call. Yeah, Just yeah. Safe. Is, and yeah. Uh, let's, let's chat maybe some in a couple months from now, see where we both are at. <laughs> sure. Do you enjoy these podcasts? And, and we create so much content here. Our team is basically a content team. We we help a few other people with their shows, help people with their blogs and content. We have a huge network of websites. If you want to work with us, see what we're up to, contentinvestments.com is a little mini site for that. Thanks for those that are subscribing. Thank you so much, Marek. It was really, really cool. Um, I felt a little bit of similarities, you know, coming out to Asia following the passions we even had some overlaps with different companies that we had encountered and he um has really got an amazing story and it's a great book again check it out chasing black unicorns on amazon and various channels links in the show notes we have always our best try our best to put all the information into our extensive show notes at globalformasia.com and we also have a newsletter and other things happening so check those things out thank you mark and i learned some things you know it's true we gotta just take more ch- challenges we gotta take more risks i've uh almost stopped taking risks this year i'm just trying to kind of get through this year i hope next year is better but uh wherever you are keep learning keep preparing you know i'm doubling down on online i mentioned earlier online events online networking uh it's pretty awesome though because we can do that from anywhere we don't need to worry um, you know, what we're going through, where we are, travel, and uh, I'm going to keep this one short, the outro today. Thanks again for listening. I really, really appreciate everybody here. Have a great day. See you later. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.